For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to the latest edition, or shall we say the first edition of this season of the Come On You Spurs podcast. My name's Dan Tracy and I'll be your host for the next 45 minutes or so as we talk all things Tottenham. Because win or lose, we'll discuss the news. It's three up top this evening and that means leading the line from the front around the captain's armband is Carl. So Carl, how have you been these last couple of months? Yeah, really good, Dan. You know, it, it was, you know, the end of the season come at the right time for us, didn't it? I think we was all a little a little worn out and tired at the end of last season. So it's been a nice break. Um, and obviously, you know, it, it's never boring with Spurs, is it? And, and especially today. So looking forward to getting in this one and having the first chat of the season. Fantastic. Also back in the fold after a summer break is James. James, I hope all is well for you. Are you ready to test your vocal cords once again? Absolutely, absolutely. It feels like it's been a very long time since uh, since we chatted about Tottenham. There's obviously been a lot of distractions with the Euros, but it's good to be back and uh, it's excited to see what's in store for the next season. Top man. Also, we've got a familiar voice back in the fold this evening. It can only be Patrick to start the season. Patrick, it's a pleasure to have you on board once again. How have you been, my friend? Oi, oi, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on? Had a nice summer break, got a bit fat, so now I'm back <laughs> in the gym. I'm I'm ready to stretch myself and get back into that, you know, season shape. So, yeah, let's go. Well, that's good because also, of course, we're going to put Patrick for his paces more regularly this season. He's going to be on the show alternate weeks because we love his energy. So, Patrick, you're kind of our new signing, I reckon. How are you okay with that? Is that all right? Uh, I'm loving it. I'm pleased to be here. You know, I've signed the contract, taken the pictures. It's been posted on the social. So, yeah, let's go. I'm ready, I'm ready. The budget is done. There's no more new signings, although there are sort of room for, shall we say, some free transfers. Actually, no, you're not free transfers. You're just as important because there's going to be plenty of slots available throughout the season and we'd like your views on the show as always. As many voices, new voices also as possible. So if you do want to be on the show and think, actually, these three, they're a bunch of idiots. I know better. Get in touch with me, that being Dan Tracy, 93 on Twitter and I promise we'll get you on the show in the next few weeks, if not the next few months. So get involved. Right, let's get the social media bits out of the way so we can dissect the summer and more in full. Actually, it's just today and more in full. So as always, don't forget to subscribe to the Coming You Spurs app where the podcast is available each and every Tuesday morning. You can, of course, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at C-O-Y-S underscore C-O-M. We're on all the major audio platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. If we're not on one, let me know. I'll get it sorted for you. And if you listen on Apple, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. Right, let's get down to business. And that business was going to start with finally discussing a new manager. However, there's some news which has pretty much torpedoed all of that and it involves a certain Harry Kane. So, Carl, it's Monday evening. Our talisman has not fancied training for whatever reason. We'll discuss this in a lot more detail across the next 45, 60 minutes or so. But my opening statement for this season is this. Are we now seeing the end game regarding Harry Kane at Tottenham? Yes, I, I think so, isn't it? You know, when when a player makes a statement like Harry's made today, I think it's only with one intention, and and that is letting the club know that listen, I, I don't want to be here, um, and, and I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure I get my move away. Um, I think you know we was all unsure when we come the end of the season, you know, with the Sky interview and the kind of rumours that he'd it, expressed a desire to leave. 
um, and go. We kind of were all sitting there thinking, well, nothing's official yet. You know, hopefully the Euros and, and fingers crossed we can get him to stay. But I think this kind of puts the final now in that coffin, doesn't it? And, you know, I, I, I didn't think he, you know, he would go to the sort of levels that he might have done today. We don't know all the ins and outs. I'm sure, you know, we'll discuss that a little more. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I think we may have seen Harry Kane play his last game for Spurs at the end of last season now. Now, James, as I say, it's Monday evening when we record. So by the time I put this live, people might be having their breakfast tomorrow morning or their lunch. And Harry Kane's training again. It might just be simply a day off. Is that really the case? Is this him digging the heels in? How do you see this? Are we right to jump to current conclusions? Or are we going a little bit too mad too early? Um, I, I think it, obviously we're, we're none the wiser at the moment, but I think the fact that you know your your quite reputable Spurs journalists have have come out and and pretty much confirmed that that he was meant to be back in training today. Um, I think you've obviously got your your your, your Twitter RTKs and your and your journalists who you can you can ignore, and then there's certain people that that you'd probably pay more attention to who are a little bit closer to the club. And um, the fact that they've come out and said that Harry was due back today. Uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's probably pretty telling, and, and it's probably it's probably quite true. Um, I think the overwhelming feeling is is just disappointment, really, because I think a lot of us were potentially resigned to losing Harry, and and I think there there could have been quite an amicable scenario where where we did get the move that he wanted, and, and Tottenham got the money they wanted, and we still would have been disappointed at, at the fact that we've lost probably the, the best striker in the world, but. You know, it, it it could have ended in a nicer way, and and it and it feels a little bit disappointing that it feels a bit like Harry's been a bit mismanaged, and um, it seems like he's he's probably making some some relatively poor choices. Uh, it'd be it'd be immense to to find out that his car had broken down on the way to train or something along those lines, and he and he couldn't call an Uber in time. But it, it's wishful thinking from me, I'm afraid. Patrick, is it the fact it's turning ugly? Is that the kind of bitter pill for us all to swallow? As James says, if it was amicable, yes, you'd be gutted, you'd be torn apart. I think we all would. However, it's this kind of, I don't know, divorce kind of scenario that's now playing out that if he is to move, it can only get ugly. You know, we talk about gentlemen's agreements, which I'll get to in a moment, but it's this kind of all playing out in social media and it's going the wrong kind of way that we're all kind of thinking, oh, now we've all got our fingers burnt. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, Harry Kane, it's, it's really shocking, isn't it? Because, like, we all love Harry. We all, you know, he's one of our own. He came through the academy ranks. We all feel so fondly and we all have that attachment to the guy because, you know, when he came through, he wasn't considered, like, the wonder kid or the next one to watch. Yeah, he was talented, but he was never considered the next best thing. He wasn't considered a generational talent. He wasn't even the best kid at the under-21s. But the way he's worked his arse off, and obviously got better and better and, and now is an elite world-class striker. So the fact that he's come through our ranks and these things happen very rarely, you know, it's like a generational talent. And, um, you know, we've enjoyed him. Uh, we've loved him. And the fact now that it's come to this, this is something that we, we never thought Harry would do. We all understood that he possibly wanted to leave. You know, he's got a bit disillusioned with where the club's going and, and basically what's happening behind the scenes. But, I never in my wildest dreams would have imagined to, you know, turn on my phone or turn on the Sky Sports News and see Harry Kane hasn't, you know, turned up for training. And this, yeah, it's crazy. It's just, it it looks like it's going to get a bit toxic. 
Um, it doesn't send a good message when your best player doesn't want to turn up to training. And also, it just, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, again, it just looks like Levy has mismanaged the situation and we are where we are now. And it's, it's quite worrying, you know, the, the season's less than a month away and um, we've got this now hanging over us. So it's not great. I mean, you know, as things have happened and everything's reported so quickly, we're all holding on and hoping that there is a logical excuse or reasoning behind it. But the reality is we probably know it, it is what it is and um, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Well, you mentioned Levy and let's bring in Cole here because much has been made of this gentleman's agreement that we keep hearing across the likes of Sky Sports News and their ilk, but we don't really know the ins and outs of that conversation if that has happened at all. So I'm going to chuck out a theory or a role play, if you will. Kane has said to Levy, what about that gentleman's agreement that we had? And Levy can quite easily say, well, I can't see any handshake in this legal paperwork where the contract you've signed for what was it three years ago out of a six-year deal? So I'm not saying that Levy's going back on his word as such, but he's well within his rights to dig in here, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, like as you say, gentlemen agreements or not, you know, let's that, put it this way. Even if Kane had gone into Daniel's office, say, a year ago, or, or possibly, you know, six six months to a year ago and said, look, listen, you know, I can't see us going in the right direction to win the biggest honours. That's what I want to do. Um, and I, and I want to leave. So let's, let's have a chat about this and sort something out. I can't ever imagine a scenario at any point where Daniel would have sat there and gone, yeah, no problem, Harry. I'll let you go for whatever you need to in the summer if things don't work out. And it'll be a nice and smooth transfer and it'll all be wrapped up within a week or so. That's not Daniel Levy, is it? I'm sure whatever agreement or gentleman agreement Harry thinks he's got, I'm sure some of that would have also come down to Daniel saying, well, l- listen, yeah, you might, I might let you go if things don't go the way you want, but it will be the right deal for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club because you're our biggest asset, you're our main man, and you know, you're on a six-year contract and I'm not going to just let you suddenly go for the value that I don't think you're worth just to keep you happy. There's no way Daniel would have come to any sort of agreement of that. He would have said, you can go, but it will be only if we get the right offer and the deal is right for Tottenham Hotspur. And whether we like it or not, we know Daniel is very difficult and, you know, the view we have is that clubs don't like dealing with him. And, you know, He's got his faults. And one thing that, yes, I'd agree with he's not very good is when we come to getting rid of our deadwood, like players like, say, Musa Sissoko, he would still want to try and recoup as much of the 30 million as possible. And you're sitting there going, listen, Daniel, that isn't going to happen. You know, you're in dreamland. And that's why we haven't shifted some of these players, because you're asking silly money. But when it comes to the best players, you know, and this goes back to people like Berbatov, Carrick's, um, you know, Modric's, you can't knock the bloke for then saying, well, if you're going to go and you're one of my best players, I'm getting the right deal for this club and I'm going to get the maximum amount of money for you that I can because I need to look after the club's future <clears throat> and I need to make sure that when I lose my star player, I can do what I feel I need to do with the money that I get to help rebuild it and put it in, hopefully, a better place than when you were here. So, I, you know, there may be some agreement, but there's no way that agreement has been reached where Daniel hasn't said it'll only be if the right money is put on the table, Harry. And if it isn't, 
You've got a six-year contract. Now, don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter today where people just sit there and go, oh, you signed a contract. So you, if you signed a six-year contract back then, you should honour it. Listen, football doesn't work that way. Players sign new contracts all the time. And the reason Harry was offered those new contracts is because the club wanted to keep him, wanted to give him more money and try and keep him happy, knowing that they weren't meeting and fulfilling his desires on the pitch. So... That's not questioning for signing a contract. Because like I say, if I go into work tomorrow, even if I'm thinking of leaving my company, if suddenly they put a bigger you know, salary on the table for me with more bonuses than that, I'm not going to turn it down saying, oh, no, well, I'm thinking I might leave in a year or so. So I won't sign that and get more money until I do. You're going to sign the contract. Tottenham wanted him to sign it to keep him. All parties have benefited. We always knew, though, that at some point, if we weren't winning honours, he would be going. But it still needs to be for the right money that, listen, you can't you can't replace Harry Kane. And we could potentially be in big trouble here when he does go, because, you know, without him the last few seasons, I dread to think where we would have finished. But we need to make sure we've got the funds that we can go out and try and do our best to get ourselves 25, 30 goals a season back in the side. So I'm not going to not leave you for that. I want him to play hardball here. I want him to rinse every inch out of Man City that he can. And let's face it, if they want him, that's make and pay for him. James, does that six-year contract for Kane give Levy the, how's the best way to put it, the upper hand, shall we say, in terms of negotiations? Because if it was 18 months, even 24 months, you might get a bit jittery. You might think, OK, maybe we, now we need to sell because this is the optimum time to get a decent amount of value. Three years into a six-year deal, there's not that clamour or that urgency to sell. So how do you see this one all panning out? Well, I mean, uh, first of all, as is the, the whole point of, of, of Kane signing a six-year deal is that that was the exact reason. You know, We know he's going to be hitting his peak and there were going to be clubs sniffing around. And, uh, and the fact that, that we slapped a six-year deal on him you know, shows a lot, and and I think it, for me, it it really hit. I almost saw saw a tweet earlier that was, you know, if if Harry had uh, picked up a, a really a really nasty injury, which he is quite prone to, say that ankle had gone again at the Euros, he'd be coming back to Tottenham and expecting us to to pay his wages and, and you know and and keep him at the club and pay for his you know his his, his recuperation and and there wouldn't be any of this and uh, uh, and you know it. <laughs> It's the whole point of a contract is that you, you know you, you're making the commitment to the club, and you, it means that if a club is going to want to prize you away, they're going to have to pay the the money that that the chairman of, of that club is demanding. And I think that's that is the only scenario where where Harry does leave is, is if Man City cough up the money. And and I think if, you know if City want the the best striker in the world, then they need to to pay what what he's worth and I think you know if Harry's going to be upset with anyone he should be upset with Man City because they they know that they're going to have to go into this and, and pay a certain amount and if they if they if they offer anything less than that then Tottenham are absolutely under no obligations to accept it um, and I think that's that's the, the stance that I'm the same as Carlos the stance that I hope Tottenham take I hope you know it, even if it means Harry is is you know doing stupid things like refusing to train and things like that. I I, I honestly don't care. There's there's no reason why we should pander to it just because he's, he's you know he has been a great servant to the club and he probably does deserve a, a move away. But that doesn't mean we should 
strengthen a, a, a well a potential rival and uh, and get rid of our best player and, and absolutely dismantle this team for for no reason just because just because what he's a good player and he deserves trophies well if, if he he could have won trophies at Tottenham he's had an, ample opportunity to win trophies at Tottenham and the argument that he wants to play Champions League football again is is irrelevant to me because this is a squad that can make the Champions League and realistically if we get the right players in this summer which which is looking like we you know we're going to get a couple of uh, of good signings over the line uh, it, there's no reason why this club can't make the Champions League next year so it'd be yes potentially one one year you know uh focusing on that and then look you're you're back in the Champions League you're you're back where you feel like we belong so I again I just to reiterate I, I just think we've got no obligation to sell Kane I think there's there's no scenario where we this figure of 160 million as well is I think that's I think that's 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 on the lower end of the scale I think you know Harry, I think Harry's closer to a 200 million pound player just because of of an influence that he can have on a team and the influence that he can have over the entirety of a season I mean look what he did last year um, to you know to take home the, the most assists and the most goals that's that's something that that can't be replicated and and I think Levy's got to be looking at the market already looking out there and, and thinking all right if I if I do get 160 million pound who who do we want to bring in and that that is a, an impossible question because because Tottenham's stock is is as low as it has been for for a number of years there is there isn't a striker out there who who would potentially want to 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 come to Tottenham and and take over from where Kane left off so you know there's a, there's a lot more factors to it um, and and I think we're in for it for a couple of weeks where it's there's going to be some some ugly scenes. Things are going to get nasty. And I think uh, I think at the end of the day, I, I still believe that that Daniel Levy will will come out on top. I think as you say, Danny's got the upper hand, and I think he'll I think he'll still win. Well, there's two points to make from that, James. In that, if you were to get 160 million at the lower end, those clubs that are going to be potentially selling a striker, they're going to be thinking, right, we're adding on an extra 10 million because we know you've got the money and you're desperate. So it makes trying to sign a replacement a little bit harder. Not impossible, but harder. And also, whoever that replacement may be almost has the impossible job because no matter what they do, the benchmark will always be Harry Kane. It's going to be a nightmare. Do you know what I mean? You can't get like for like because we're not at the same stature as a club, are we? You know, we're now in the Europa Conference League, so you can't get someone of a Lewandowski, a Luis Suarez, a Haaland, because they're not going to make that bigger drop down. So you're then going to get someone of a lesser ilk, not to disgrace or disservice anyone who comes to the club, but they're going to be in the right binds. You know, unless they're getting 25 goals in their first season, they're in trouble, and then it's going to be a bit of a toxic start for them. But that said then, Patrick, Harry Kane, the subplot, I don't know who's written this one, but he could potentially play against Manchester City on the opening weekend. Move or no move, do you think he doesn't play to take himself out the firing line? And it could it be a secret clause, because you're not allowed to do these, in that he doesn't play and then goes to the Etihad thereafter? Exactly that. I mean, I saw a report the other day saying that Harry Kane wasn't going to play in that game anyway because of you know how deep he went into the Euros, so he's going to need time off. So he probably won't be ready for that game. So already I was thinking, oh, you know, this sounds a bit a bit sinister, like a bit, you know, there's something behind the scenes. And then obviously all of this has now come into fruition today. So it looks like, you know, we already had that kind of thesis or, or, or those grounds covered. 
Um, you know, it's like you couldn't write it. It's almost like Sky, you know, drew this game on purpose, isn't it? It's like you see those things that you can't even write. And then, you know, first game of the season at home, we've got Man City. Usually we play Newcastle first game of the season. It's always usually that. Or, you know, West Ham or something. So to play Man City with everything going on, it's quite interesting. But to be fair, like James and Carl are saying, the reality is if Grealish is going for 100 million, and you're seeing defenders go for 70-odd, 80-odd, Sancho go for 78 million. How is Harry Kane, who's the best striker in the world, who led the league in goals and assists, going to go for anything less than 100? For me, it has to be 140, 150, 160 million. If it's not that, if it's not that package, uh, or Man City don't put a bid in, which I don't even believe they've done yet, then he's not going anywhere. And it's almost like they've hung, hung him out to dry. They're telling him to force a move and do all of this behind the scenes. But there's no, there's been no official bid yet. So it's a bit of a strange one. I don't know. But we'll see if, if Man City are serious. They'll obviously put their money where their mouth is. And like you were saying, um, it's, it's pretty much going to be Levy who's, who's got to obviously do what's best for the club. Um, and, and, and regards to strikers coming in, I think Danny Ings would be a, a good one. I think if he could get about 20, 18 to 20 goals in, this, in, in the first season, he could obviously cover some of the slack. And then we're going to have to bring in other players. And obviously, your Sons and your Moras and your Bergerins will have to chip in with that, you know, with, with, with the deficit or the gap. Well, it's a huge deficit. It's frightening, isn't it? But, Cole, in all of this, supporters are looking for a villain of the piece. And it seems an increasing amount of ire is being pointed in the direction of Charlie Kane, who, of course, is his brother and agent. Now, do you think he's the snake in the grass, so to speak, or is he simply trying to get the best for his client? Yeah, I, I, as you say, we all we all want someone to kind of um, throw under the bus, don't we? But I, I don't think any agent technically is, is really the snake in the grass, are they? Because Charlie's just doing what he obviously thinks he needs to do or is advising what he needs to do to get the deal that his client, if you like, or his, his brother needs. Um, and that is the job of the agent, isn't it? You know, as the great movie, show me the money goes, you know, he's just doing what he needs to do to get what he thinks is this move happening and get Harry where he wants to be. Um, the only thing you can say is, yes, he's his agent and he might be advising Harry, but then at the same time, a player still has the right to turn around and go, well, listen, I, I want the move. And I want you to do what you need to do to get the move. But I'm not going to play any dirty tricks or anything here. You know, I'm, I'm going to go in. I'm going to be the professional. If the season comes and it hasn't happened yet, then I'm going to play. And I'm still going to try and score the goals that I do and be the best player that I can be. And we hopefully we get the right deal. Obviously, for some, something's gone on where Harry feels that this might be the best way to get that move happening. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, do we? What discussions have been had? We don't even know if Man City have possibly actually have put a bid in or not. For all we know, there has been a bid. Um, we always waiting for Harry to come back, weren't we? The Euros ended and that was the next dilemma. You're sitting there going, right, the manager's in. We look like we're now starting to try and sign players. But there's a bigger issue at hand here. And that is, is Harry staying or not? Because, you know, ultimately, I think our season... That's the biggest thing that our season is going to rest on. Um, so we was all sitting there thinking we won't know what's going on because Harry's going to get his holiday. He'll be back late. That means the transfer window is going to be a little bit uneasy for us because for me, we can sign whoever we want right now. But if Harry goes, 
then there's no signing that anyone's bringing in at the moment is going to, you know, make the mood feel good if next week suddenly Harry signs for Man City because that's going to be the biggest downer and everyone's going to go into the season disappointed and feeling a little bit of doom and gloom. Um, But agents have got to do what agents have got to do. I don't agree if, you know, if you're being told, listen, don't turn up for training, go AWOL, you know, know, potentially go on strike. That isn't the right way about it, but it happens you know it's football this this is a murky world you're in and you know I think we've said before on other podcasts Dan the world of football is a, a dirty place isn't it and the stuff that probably goes on that most of us supporters never hear about around transfers we'd be shocked if we actually knew the full truth of, of how it works so I don't put anything past agents and what they tell a player to do to get the sort of move that they want to. Um, and Charlie has obviously just decided that this is the route we're going to go down. Harry obviously agrees with him. And we'll see how this pans out. I'm expecting a low ball bid to come in from Man City next. You know, it'll be around 100 million mark plus a player, I'm assuming. Um, and they'll try and test the resolve with that one first of all to see what happens. They know it'll get knocked back. And I think you then build from there. I can't see it being 150 mil straight up cash. I think you're looking maybe 100, 120, and then possibly one or two players thrown in. And that'll be how the deal gets structured, I think. You know, there's there's, this, there's these rumours, isn't there, that, you know, 100 mil plus Laporte. Um, now, we need centre-halves. Laporte doesn't has never seemed a bad centre-half to me. So you'd be sitting there going, okay, I like your starting bid. I like the player you're including, but that needs to be around 120, 130 mil plus that player and maybe one more. And then we might have a deal on the table that we can actually take seriously and work towards sorting this out. But we've got to sit firm and we've got to sit tight. But Harry's got to do what Harry's got to do as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the next couple of days has in store for us. Yeah, if there is an offer and if Kane goes, I think money plus a player might benefit us more. I think the fact if we were given 150 million scares me a bit. I know it's a different person in charge of the purse strings in terms of directors and all that, but the Magnificent Seven have all gone, haven't they? And they, by and large, were pretty much a flop. So I think, you know, if you, as you say, Cole, you've got the port, he's a good defender. We need a good defender. Get him in. You've still got a lot of money to play with. That might work. I'm not saying, of course, sell Harry Kane, but if. That was to happen. That would be the route that I would go down. But James, we're talking about villains of the piece. Some quarters are even going as far as atting Harry on Twitter. You think to yourself, is that really necessary? That's not really helping matters either. And for fans to turn on the player, they've got incredibly short memories at the same time, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm not one for, for abusing players on social media. I, I, I don't think it gets us anywhere. And I think it... It probably ultimately says a lot more about the person doing the abusing than uh, than, the, than the player themselves. You know, I think Harry Winks, Eric Dyer, players like this, they they get an awful lot of stick from from our supporters, and just think it's 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 almost counterproductive, really. You know, these these are guys who who do they do give their all for the shirt. They they are obviously you know a little bit mistake prone. They're probably not the best technically gifted players, but at the end of the day, they're they're pulling on the Spurs shirt, and and I think we should be celebrating anyone anyone that does do that. Um, obviously, obviously, I I think people are frustrated. Um, I'm frustrated too, 
um, because I, I think, like I said before, I think Harry Harry doesn't owe the club a lot, but there's there's certainly a history there, and he, and he said that, that this is what he wants to do, and I think that I think he's he's been awfully managed. I think he's been mismanaged terribly. Um, I think if he had a, a you know a real agent, I think this would have been less of a nightmare. Um, I think he I think he has some of the decisions that have been made. I, I don't know whether you guys remembered when we were talking about Wilfred Zaha, and you know look look at the situation that he was in. He signed a, a long term uh, deal with with Palace and then wanted to leave, and 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 you know we were all questioning, well, why why would you sign the contract then? You know, it, it kind of bends you over a barrel a little bit, and I think the, also that the 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 fact that now he's, he's obviously been advised not not to go to training to to show how serious he is in this situation again is is another terrible terrible idea. Just because you know, there's, as I said at the top of the show, there's a lot of Tottenham fans that that probably said, "Look, Harry, yeah, this is probably the summer for him to move on," um, but. There's no reason for it to be for the for it to be this kind of situation for it to not to be amicable, because he has been the most loved and most supported player in 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 the country, and, and Tottenham fans have have defended him when when there's been a lot of supporters you know on on his back. So um, I think it's 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 a difficult one. Um, it's a difficult one for for everyone involved, and like like I said before, I think it's it's going to come down to. To whether City actually pay the money or not, there's there's no way that they're not that they're going to get away without without paying the money. Um, and and whether Harry, you know, whether whether he's going to be happy or not, he's obviously not going to be happy if he stays at Tottenham. I just hope that he does, you know, he does just remember the the history, remember remember the love that that the majority of supporters have have given him, rather than the the people who have slagged him off and and slagged his brother off. Um, I, I think that. It, you, you don't need to slag slag anyone off. I think you can just accept that you know his his. I think his brothers had done a very bad job, and also accept that that Harry Kane might might be wearing a Man City shirt next season. And, uh, and Jane, I think that's Jane, as far as it probably goes. Is is one as well to throw out Go to on. you guys? Do, do you possibly think? that also Jose could have had a hand in this. And and this isn't to try and throw Jose under a bus. I'm not a Jose hater. You know, when we got him, I was excited. It didn't pan out. Do you think there's any possibility that Jose may have also been in his ear lately saying to him, listen, if you want out, then you might have to force, you know, you might have to force this um, and you might have to do this. You know, was the way Jose got rid of, could he have possibly been in contact with Harry and said, well, yeah, listen, it's not it's not going to work at that club but if you want out you might also have to do this because Jose wouldn't be you know afraid to say something and, and possibly do something like that to get his way would he definitely i mean let, let's not put it past the guy you know he, he he's probably done worse things in his time or Jose Mourinho so I, I wouldn't wouldn't put it past him and uh, and to an extent i guess he's he's potentially right you know Mourinho he's he's a he's a master of the dark arts you know all, all that but he's also very very experienced football man, and he, and he knows the football business probably as 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 much as anyone. Um, you know, there's there's every chance that that when he got booted out of Tottenham and and, and made to look silly the week before the, the cup final, that he he could have taken his frustrations out, and and all it would have taken was would have been a text from from Jose Mourinho saying, "Well, Harry, Harry, you're better than this. You deserve trophies." Some you know something along those lines, and and that could have had a big hand in it, but. 
I think you know while we're on the subject of managers, I think that the person we've got to feel feel for massively is is Nuno. Um, you know, Spurs. Look at this. Tottenham have got a brand new manager, and and we've spent you know forty minutes t- talking about Harry Kane, and we haven't mentioned him once. You know, he's he. You'd like to think that he joined Spurs with uh, certain assurances. You know, you'd think that would be the first thing in in the negotiation stage with with uh, you know signing signing as a new Tottenham manager. You'd say, I want assurances that that Son is going to get a new ca- contract. Uh, and that Kane is is going to be a Tottenham player next year because otherwise I've I've got to you know take on this mantle as difficult as it already is taking Tottenham back to the top and I've got to do that without the best player in the Premier League. Um, so you know I, I feel sorry for Nuno and and I feel sorry I feel sorry for a lot of people involved really I feel sorry for Harry as well because I don't think he he wants to be doing what what he's doing um, at, at the moment but. At the end of the day, we've we all want what's best for Tottenham, and and that's got to be got to be the the most important thing. Well, James, you mentioned Nuno being overshadowed. That was one of my questions for you later in the show. So you've hit the nail on the head there. I'll skip past that one, but I want one last word on, on Harry. That's from Patrick. Has he simply outgrown the club? Has our regression from the last couple of seasons, or should we say four seasons, from the high water mark of second, has that finally come back to haunt us? Ah. Uh... This is a it's a it's a loaded question. It's a tricky one. I'd say yes and no. Um, obviously, in the last couple of years, we've been fifth, sixth, and now seventh. But there's been times where we've been close, and obviously, players haven't. You know, there's been a lot of games last season where we should have won, and it was down to the players, and we didn't. Uh, we've been in cup finals. We could have easily won the game. Uh, yes, we may yeah we may not have been the favourites in any of the finals that we were in. But we've seen lesser teams beat these teams before in finals or in other games. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a tricky one because, of course, um, there's times when the club could have been backed and we could have brought in better players. But we've also been in very good opportunities throughout the season and in finals and not delivered. So, you know, with a few uh, different twists and turns and, and a few, you know, um, yeah, like moments, it could be a completely different story. But... Um, it's, it is a tricky one because obviously where we are now at seven, it's, we're, we seem like we're a long way off. But if a Paratici does what he needs to do and we bring in some quality, we can definitely get back in there and challenge. That's how I feel anyway. As far as we are, we're not that far off. The spine of the club is still good. We still have some really top players. But it's just whether we go out there and be aggressive and get the players in. So I feel that we're, we're in that sliding doors moment. And it really, I think this is like one of our biggest summers ever. Um, I said this. I've been saying this all last year. This summer, we'll really see where we are and, what, and, and you know, and what direction the club is really heading in. So it's a tough one to answer, but I, I hope that kind of answered some of it. Yeah, that's fine, Patrick. It was a bit of a hospital pass, unfortunately, but I think you dealt with it well. The uh, the studs are up there, but that's a good answer. But what I would pull you up on very quickly is that we always say it's a big summer, the biggest summer. We've been saying that for years, Cole, and we never <laughs> quite we never quite get to where we want to be. So. Is it again our biggest summer? Well, like you say, yeah, every I think every season we've had over the last few years, as as we've said, has been the biggest summer. But obviously, if Kane leaves, then then yeah, you've got to say that this will be the this will be an important window because you know the whole the whole. 
the whole club rests on it, doesn't it? And and the whole future could rest on this, or the, or the short-term future could really rest on this, because if Harry goes and you lose those goals and those assists, and you don't do the right business that you need to do to at least get yourself somewhere near replacing that, um, then where, where could you finish the season in? You know, I mean, that, let's face it, if you looked at last season, if you took Harry Kane out of our side last season... You could be, you know, maybe not a relegation dogfight, but you certainly would have been in that lower half of the table and, and starting to look below you and start panicking um, because it wasn't good last season. I'm not confident of the squad we've got there that if Harry was to go and you didn't replace it properly, that we couldn't be sitting there looking at, you know, a 10th, 11th, 12th season. Um, so, yeah, it is massive, you know, and, and if you're going to, if you're going to let Kane go and you're going to get that money, you've got to go out and make a marquee signing to try and replace him. Um, because if you don't and you you take the normal risk that we do, and you know we've already done it, haven't we? With with the one of the signings we've made in the in the young winger who looks promising, but then how many wingers have we brought in that we've heard? <clears throat> you know. This guy looks really promising, and we've seen YouTube clips for three minutes where you go, yeah, that's great. Um, and then suddenly we get to see him week in, week out, and go, oh, yeah, not that 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 three minutes was his best three minutes in his professional career so far. Um, it will be big. It will be big. And it, it, I'm like you, Dan, when you said if we get cash, it kind of worries me because – we yes, you know, with the new guys here and he's doing his business and, and we're hoping that we're about to sign a centre half that again, you know, looks promising, but I have to say I've never seen the guy play a game of football in my life, so I couldn't tell you how good he is, to be honest. Um lots of people seem to think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'll judge when I've actually watched him a few games. Again, an unknown quantity in the Premier League. You know, the the young winger unknown quantity the new goalkeeper that's been brought in he has only been brought in to be a backup goalkeeper so everyone's praising the new guy but I don't think we've done anything yet that makes you think oh yeah this season's gonna gonna turn around and, and, and be completely different if anything I'd look at the squad thinking I'm worried especially if we lose Harry Kane from this side I agree with Patrick if Kane goes and let's face it he's going we now need to go and get Ings at least to replace him because that's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League. And hopefully if he can, you know, injuries are the only issue that you're possibly worried about there because he's got a long history of injuries. But if he can stay fit, you're hoping he guarantees your goals. You've got to try and hope Deli Ali gets back to some sort of goal scoring form. You've got to hope that Son's going to have the same sort of year that he normally has and, and doesn't maybe have a the odds off season. I think you need to bring in more proven goals in midfield. Definitely. So that's going to take some money, which, you know, again, would you trust us to do that? So I am concerned and, you know, I, I it is the biggest, it, it could be the biggest window, but again, in typical Tottenham fashion, this will drag out right till the death of the, of the transfer window. And, and that's what worries me because the Kane deal probably won't get done until the last week of the transfer window. And will we have enough time to get our deals over the line if we're relying on that money? 
I'd be worried if we went in, you know, Kane goes just before the end of the window and we're left with the sort of squad we've got now because the options to me don't look encouraging. You know, Bergvine, would you, would you put your faith in him to score more? Mora, everyone raving about a pre-season friendly appearance against Milton Keynes the other day. <laughs> yeah, that that's Mora for you. Milton Keynes, he'll turn up. He won't turn up week in, week out in the Premier League when needed. Um, you know... It, that would seriously worry me, this window. And, and that is why I do, you know, if I was Levy, I'd be looking to get this Harry Kane deal done as quick as possible. And I would be firm saying, listen, if you want this guy, you come and get him and you get him now. You've got a week or so to put a deal together that makes me say yes, because I want enough time to replace him and replace him properly. If it doesn't, I could see us going into the season well underprepared. And I, and I think, that would be bad news for us because you know you get off to a bad start and things will really turn quickly and momentum's key and if you start off and you haven't got momentum with you you find yourself down the bottom around that bottom of the table very quickly and you know with fans being back next season (laughs) I don't think that place will be a happy place to be. Well, yes, we've not even mentioned Enoch out. We're out of time for that tonight. And also, if we do get a lot of money, or money only in any Kane deal, I think it's all going on Fabio's phone bill, because he's never off his mobile over the summer, is he? So I think that's going to be quite a hefty phone bill. But let's move on, because we have a new manager. And when I check my notes, at the seventh time of asking, I think, it's Nuno Espirito Santo. Cole, not necessarily the man we wanted, but at least some relief that this whole interview process has finally come to an end. Yeah, as you say, Dan, wasn't it? I, you know, it, it wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the most exciting appointment going. Um, I think most of us would all agree that, you know, Conte was the one that I think really would have had me thinking, well, yeah, th- this could be a good season, and if we get this guy in, um, and when that, you know, rumours were there that he was the guy we were going for, I was thinking, yep, yeah, I'll be very happy with that. And obviously that was a potential appointment that you'd be thinking maybe he could convince Kane to stay. Looking at what's gone on today, maybe there's reasons why Conte wasn't interested in the job after all. Maybe it's been known Kane's been going for a long while. So he's been told, well, listen, you ain't going to have Harry Kane next season, that's for sure. We won't be putting the money forward to buy this, that, that or that player that you're now telling us you think he's the one to replace him. And Conte's gone, well, no thanks, because I'm on a I'm on a loser here. And maybe that tells you why we've got the sort of manager that we have. Now, Nuno could be a great appointment for all we know. You've heard really positive things coming out of the club about, you know, things the way it's going, the players seem to like him, which is great. So we've just got to hope that he can find that sort of um form and performances that Wolves were putting in before last season Um, because if we have then who knows he may be the right man but I think like everybody you're sitting again well okay he was better than some of the names that were being put forward um, but still not the one that makes me think yeah he'll turn it around and he'll get us going back in the right direction and I can see us challenging for top four next season but that's hope it is. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I'd love to eat humble pie on this one and say, sorry, you know, I'll, I'll get a little beard on the go. You know, I'll, I'll shave the bonts and get me a little Nuno beard on the go if he gets us up there challenging for stuff. Um, but we'll, we'll see, you know, can, can he get, can he, 
can he get us playing the way Wolves were a couple of seasons ago? Because they were a real tough side and a good side to watch. If he does, then we'll be okay. Right, that comment was made at 9.19. Remember that. If we win something this season, Carl's going to get a Nuno bid. It's now logged as evidence. That's it. But James, I remember us talking about potential candidates, what, two and a bit months ago. I distinctly remember you saying you weren't keen on Nuno. So how did you feel when the news finally broke of our appointment? Put it this way, Dan. Um, I, I didn't find out until the day after. So, I mean, I think I'm I, I, I just a bit underwhelmed. Um Slightly underwhelmed. I think, I, I think the whole managerial process. Um, a farce. Yeah, it, it was a farce, wasn't it? Let's face it. You know, we we had a we had a roller coaster of emotions. We, I personally um, got my hopes up about Pochettino, and and that was that was quickly destroyed. And there were quite a lot of candidates out there that I would have I would have preferred before before Nuno. But like I said earlier, regarding the the players. Um, He's the man in the in the hot seat now. He's the man wearing wearing the Tottenham shirt, and so he's got a hundred percent of my support. And um, as 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 underwhelmed as I have been, and as underwhelmed as 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 I was when he was first announced, I my optimism has has grown just just hearing him speak. You know, I, I know we've we've fallen fallen foul of that that first interview so many times, and. That that first interview with with Mourinho, I think, is is the one that comes to mind. You know, everyone was talking about how different he sounded, and and he was saying all the right things. But you know, again, I've I seem to have fallen into the trap. But I think the the way Nuno has has spoken and the way he's conducted himself in the past means that he's quite endearing and and he's quite, you know, he's in the pot almost in the Pochettino mould. And I feel like he's a manager that we could. That we could fall in love with, and um, you know, if he gets this team playing in in the right way, and and I hope, hopefully, you know, he 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 doesn't. Well, hopefully, we see you know the the original Wolves that, that first came up to the Premier League, rather than the Wolves that have has been present well the last year last year or two, um, because he he had them playing a, you know a really good style of football. He had some really exciting players. And uh, hopefully he can get our lot playing in a similar way, and, and hope you know hopefully he's he's going to play to our strengths rather than rather than uh, pushing for this for us to to shut up shop almost. Um, so I, I think we've got a long obviously got a long way to go, and 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 the preseason games have have been you know not not worth looking into. Um, but I'm I'm certainly more optimistic than than when I when it was first announced and. Um, you know, I think maybe maybe we were all we were all, you know, had our heads buried in the sand because of the Euros and and Tottenham was almost taking a back seat for a little bit. Um, now now that that's over and, and we and we're back to it, um, I, I am I am more optimistic about Nuno. I think it could be I think it could be a good season for us and and hopefully the the, the Kane news and transfer debacles does, doesn't overtake. Um, what could be potentially a, a really good start to the season and a really good relationship between between Nuno and, and Tottenham, and more importantly, Nuno and the Tottenham fans. I think that could be. I think that could be good. Now, Patrick James mentions a roller coaster of emotions. That was in my notes, word for word. It was exactly that over the summer in terms of who's going to be the manager. When you put the names of I don't know Conte, Pochettino, even Fonseca. Was there always going to be some form of disappointment once the manager was finally named? Because when you're working your way down the list, you've got to get somewhere. 
it wasn't a case of oh that's it but oh it could have been someone else like oh if only yeah exactly I mean yeah we 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 were on so many highs and lows obviously Gattuso for me was the biggest low Mm. and uh, obviously obviously the trend in you know no to Gattuso that said it all I I didn't understand that one at all that that threw me off but Fonseca, I started to warm to him. He was almost like a B-Tech Pochettino. And I was kind of warm into, <laughs> I was kind of warm into the hair and, you know, the story. And he had won trophies um, as well, which is quite interesting. Uh, so there was a lot of parallels there. Uh, obviously, Conte, that was, um, for me, the biggest high. And then the fact that Pochettino was almost pushing to leave and we could uh, possibly be reunited with Poch. But I, I had a few reservations about that as well, thinking it was still a bit too soon and there's still too many of the old squad that kind of threw him under the bus. It, for me, it felt like it was you know maybe a year or two too soon. As much as I do want Poch back at some point, I think right now is still not the time. You still got Sissoko. Obviously, Lamella's gone, but we still got Aurier. We still got you know Dyer, Sanchez. Harry Winks, you know, we still got too many of the squad that didn't really perform for him at the end. So, um, you know, uh, Ten Hag was a was a big favourite for me, someone that I was pushing and hoping for. And even at a point, Graham Potter looked good. But to be fair, I think like um, like James is saying, I I have really warmed to um, to Nuno. He wasn't, you know, I was very underwhelmed when he was announced. Definitely not in my um, pick of managers or candidates, but. I do like the guy and he seems to have that, he seems to be tough and stern, but he's still got that that warmth to him, if that makes sense. And um, it looks like the players are, 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 are down to ride for him. And um, hopefully, yeah, if he can bring that, that intensity and that fight that and character that Wolves had when they first came up, then, you know, you never know. It could be almost like a Pochettino type of thing where when Poch came over from Southampton, a lot of us weren't really happy and we didn't really understand it. But as obviously, you know, the season wore on, we started to warm to the guy and we could kind of see his philosophy and, you know, what he was about. So, you know, yeah, Nuno was nowhere near my top 10 or my list of candidates. For me, it was Ten Hag, Nagelsmann, even uh, uh, Marcelo Gallardo was a name that I really liked and the manager I thought was interesting. But um, yeah, he's here now and we've got to back him. Um, hopefully, uh, Levy will back him as well. Uh, we get rid of some of the dead wood, bring in some good players, and then you know let's let's go and see where we go. Well, I think with Nuno, I don't know how this scenario would ever happen. But say if he was to tell me off for some reason, you you get the feeling he'd do it to make you a better person afterwards, and you get the feeling that's what he wants from his players. That yes, as you say, Patrick, he's going to be stern, but he's a very affable person. He's very amiable. That you want to do good things for him. He's a very likable person, and we are starting to already get charmed by him. I've always liked him when he was Wolves manager. Me and Carl have spoken about Nuno many times on other podcasts. I've always been a fan. He just has that real sort of earthly quality to him. You think, yes, that's a man you want to do good things for. And on that topic, Carl, do you think he could be kind of like a Martin Yole appointment? Not the kind of glamour appointment we're all craving for, but perhaps one that puts the building blocks in place for the next man to make better use of. Yeah, I, I think so, Dan. I mean, you know, one of the things that the players said they loved about Poch, wasn't it, was that, you know, he treated training as seriously as a game. And you get the impression that Nuno's that sort of guy as well. You know, there's a lot of, you know, this, listen, training just as important. I want 100% energy. 
You, we saw it the way that Wolves played, you know, the first couple of seasons in the Premier League. You know, they were a brilliant side and one that we all enjoyed watching. And one, as you rightly say, Dan, you know, when we talked about Nuno, we were like, well, I like what I'm seeing from this guy. Definitely. They tailed off last season, admittedly. But maybe that's just a case of at the end of the day, sometimes you can get to a point, maybe a bit like with Poch, you take a team as far as you can. And at some point, something's got to give. I've, you know, it, it looks encouraging at the moment. I like what I'm hearing. It reminds me, as you say, Dan, of, of seasons under Joel, the first few seasons under Poch, that the players seem to be really adhering to him. They seem to like him. And the only good thing he's got going in his favour this season, isn't it, is, like as you say, Dan, he wasn't the name that everyone wanted. I think we all, the way the season ended, were feeling like, well, this is as low as we can probably get. So he can only help take us up from there. If Kane goes, there'll be no expectations of what we can achieve this season. So, in my opinion, he can only win because if he suddenly starts getting his team playing some good football and we start getting some really good results and we're up around fifth and sixth and we're looking like a side that could challenge for top four again, then everyone will love him. Um, I think this, you know, like you say, it might not have been the name we wanted. It might not have been exciting. But it's worked out before, you know, when we when Potch was appointed, I was a bit like, mm, OK, well, we'll see what this guy can do. You know, not sure if this is the right appointment. There might have been more glitzy names out there. You know, at the time it was Van Gaal, wasn't it? And look what a horror show that turned out to be for Man United. And we found out we probably had our best manager in recent times. So that's hope lightning struck twice and Nuno can, can come in and do that job. And, you know, that that's hope we're looking at a manager that we now can start saying, yeah, this guy's bringing some belief back again and, and we've got another manager that we can fall in love with. James, will there be an element of free hit this season if Kane goes? I know Carl's alluded to that in terms of expectations. Like, you don't know what the expectations would be. Kind of just like, best case scenario, the fringes of Europe, who knows? But is it a case of that buys him more time or will that put more pressure on him? How do you see this first season panning out if it is without HK? I think it, it, it probably comes down to, to the investment and the, the reinvestment. If, if uh, it, you know, if we, hypothetically, we do sell Harry Kane, we get the, the 150 or whatever it will be in and, and it gets reinvested into, into new players uh, and then it doesn't work out, I think you, you could see, um, you could see his head on the block. Um, but, if if he doesn't get get the get the money or you know he has a difficult first season and or maybe you know something happens Harry has to rot in the reserves and we and we we don't get anything, I think you he, he, you're probably right he'll probably get a little bit of slack. Um, the, the, this squad, if you take Harry Kane out, is is quite not almost un, underwhelming uh, or but just it, it's not a Champions League squad. Um, especially you know if you if you're putting Sonny up front then. You're looking at the wide men and think, you know, where are the goals going to come from? Um, and uh, I think yeah, you could be right in that in that he's going to get certain, um, you know, almost a let off if 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 he if he doesn't have a great season. But then you know you you're looking and there are some players in there. Um, there's there's some obviously you've got your Sonny. You're hoping that you can get the best out of players like Ndombele, uh, Celso. I think even players like Ryan Sessegnon are going to have a massive year playing in in, in the in the, you know the wing back positions if that's what we go with. 
So I think it could go it could go a number of ways. Um, I think Tottenham are obviously a team that you you rarely want to make predictions on, but I think this is this is one that you really really don't want to go anywhere near, simply because you don't know what is going to happen with our squad. You don't know whether we are going to have new signings, whether they're going to bed in, how how Nuno is even going to line the team up, and how how they're going to play for him. So in in terms of predictions, I I, I would have no idea right now how how Nuno is going to do as Tottenham manager um but I guess I, I just hope that we do give him give him some time and, and we give him um yeah we, we we just give him the, the opportunity to to take this team in, in the right direction and just get us playing in in a certain style of football um because because I think you know if he can get us playing in the same way as that 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 original Wolves team um was playing I think it, it could be very exciting and and I think after after a year or two years of watching watching Jose Mourinho at Tottenham, I think we all just want to see us playing with a bit of a bit of fresh air. Patrick, let's close with a final statement. If we take Kane out of the equation, is it fair to say that Nuno has a good team but not a good squad? Um, oh, that's a that's a tricky. That's a good question. I'm giving you all I the difficult ones about... tonight, Patrick. I'm really putting you through your places. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'll come back to pre-season and you put me through the ringer. <laughs> So yeah, it's difficult, but no, um, um, it's a, it's there's no wrong answer. It just gives it's, you an opinion. No, it's it's really hard to say because I see players like Bergeron and Deli Ali, and they've definitely got the ability and the talent there. But it's whether they can produce it week in and week out. We all know Son is world class; he's brilliant. Tangi on Dumbele on his day again is a world class player, but he needs to have more of those days and stop going missing. Uh, Lo Celso as well, fantastic player, looked good at the um at the Copa America. We need to see more of that guy and not the one we saw last season. So we have got good players, but it's whether they can perform and, and really step up to the mark, which is what we want to see from these guys, especially the ones that were signed for good money. Lo Celso bought in for good money. Um, you know, uh, Ndombele bought in for good money. Obviously, we saw what Dele Ali used to be. So, yeah, on, on our day, we've got a good team, but we need to see these guys really, you know, provide and produce now. No more excuses. Um, Son needs to basically amazing player but he's quite patchy isn't he he has like these streaky moments uh, these purple patches where he score four goals two goals three goals but then he'll go missing or well, not missing but he'll go quiet for you know six weeks we need to see Son being more consistent and producing that top end of his game so you know on, on our day yes uh, definitely need improvements in the defence that, that uh, the centre-backs worry me so does the right-back uh, situation other than that, yeah, there was a good team there. A good answer, right? You can take a breath now, Patrick. So that's the first. <laughs> yeah, pre- <thank> you. <laughs> that's all right. That's the first pre-season episode out of the way. Next week, we're going to talk transfers, the new director of football, a bit more Kane, probably, probably a lot more Kane, and a look ahead to the opening Sunday of the season. Before we do, I need to thank my three Pod Squad members, Patrick. I hope you enjoyed that one, and I'm looking forward to the season ahead. Yeah, I loved it. I just pulled up to the side to vomit in the corner while no one was looking. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm back on it but no it was great it was great thank you for having me on really no, loved it no problem mate top work James a great run out tonight as you approach match fitness for the new campaign yeah fantastic thanks for uh, for turning down all the other bids from from rival podcasts <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad that you uh, you saw fit to keep me and uh, we've, we've got a good year ahead of us I think we have <laughs> and Cole you're a season older now but thanks for running the channels once again and always wearing that captain's armband 
Yeah, I'm feeling it, mate. The pace is going a little bit. You know, those channels might not be getting run as, as quickly as they were in the past. But it was really, I say, really good to get going tonight. And, you know, obviously today's news give us something really good to get into. Um, and let's hope we've got a lot more positive stuff to talk about this season than last season. Absolutely, Carl. It's going to be a cracking nine months, whichever way this pans out. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. And until next time... Come on, you Spurs! For Spurs fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Tottenham videos and podcasts, download the free Coys app now from the App Store and Google Play.